Well, good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Mayor Barrett, and Deborah, Lieutenant Governor, and uh, I think Congresswoman Moore is here. She had to go back to D.C. She had to go back to D.C. And obviously, we have lots of elected officials with us today to support this really important announcement. Since taking office in January, I called on the legislature to take ac action and pass common sense gun safety reform. Last month, I stood with members of our communities, elected officials, and law enforcement announcing two critically important and common sense pieces of legislation. The first was expanding universal background checks in Wisconsin to ensure that no matter where a person is buying a, a firearm or who they're buying it from, the, the process is the same for everyone. The second, a bill to create an extreme risk prevent, uh, protection order process that allows local, allows loved ones and law enforcement to petition to remove guns from those people who have been found by a judge to be a danger to themselves or others. And after calling for these important pieces of legislation, giving Republicans the opportunity to hear the people of our state and to do the right thing, and providing ample opportunity for time for them to do so, unfortunately, the Republicans did not act. I've noticed several times what's inscribed on the ceiling of the governor's conference room. It says, the will of the people is the law of the land. So today, as promised, I'm calling on the legislature for, to meet for a special session on gun safety reform. Our kids are calling on us to ask. They're asking us to be the adults in the room. They're asking us to do the right thing. That's why, as promised, we're going to start with the bills on which we can all agree. Eighty percent of Wisconsinites support universal background checks and extreme risk protection orders, including those who are gun owners. These are common-sense solutions that we know can save lives because they have already done so in states that have adopted them. It's that simple. Two bills that we know without a doubt, without ambiguity, this is what the majority of the people want. Each and every day that elected officials choose not to take gun violence seriously, that's a choice that has significant consequences. Each and every day, Republican leadership chooses ideology and false dichotomies over doing what is right. That's a choice that has consequences. Each and every day, re Republican leadership chooses weakness over common sense. That's a choice that has consequences. The consequences of this continued inaction are too high, folks. And that's why I want to be clear. I don't want any political gains. I don't want any procedural shenanigans with the rules. No circumventing the democratic process. No last-minute amendments. No nonsense. I want Republicans and the legislature to work with Democrats to send these bills to my desk. 
And if they're not willing to do so, then every single member of the legislature should have the opportunity to vote on it and have their vote speak for itself. And in the meantime, I need your help to do it. We need folks across the state to contact their legislators and tell them to support these common sense proposals. We have to get this done, folks. Mayor Barrett, Thank you very please. Much. Thank you, Governor. I'm sorry. Well, good morning. I want to begin by thanking Governor Evers for his unambiguous, clear, powerful leadership. Um, it is what is needed in this state right now, and I can tell you that I personally appreciate it, and I think um, the people of the state appreciate it as well. Several years ago, in this very rotunda, we had a memorial service for some women who were killed in a mass shooting in Brookfield. It was the Azana Spa massacre. And I remember, and some of you probably were here um, when we talked about that, and the frustration that we felt in this state because of the inaction that we saw coming out of the state capitol. Because it was our belief then, and it is our belief now, that the vast majority of people in this state support universal background checks. And I want to take just one minute to talk about that Azana tragedy, because it underscores how important this legislation is. That was a tragedy where the system worked. Oftentimes you hear opponents of common sense gun safety laws saying just enforce the laws that are on the books right now. Well, in essence, every law on the book was enforced at that time. The victim, a victim of domestic violence, sought relief from the circuit court. She went to court, she got a domestic violence restraining order against her estranged spouse. The system worked. But it only went so far. Because what that restraining order meant was that her estranged spouse could not go into a registered gun dealer and buy a gun. But he knew that he didn't have to go into a registered gun dealer to buy a gun. He could simply go to armslist.com and find a willing seller. And that's exactly what he did, because by going on that website and meeting an individual in a McDonald's parking lot in suburban Milwaukee, he was able to purchase that gun that he used to kill three women and himself. Had the seller of that gun been required to do a universal background check, those deaths could have been prevented. So we're not talking about theory here. We're talking about actions that the legislature can take that will literally save lives in the state of Wisconsin. And we're fortunate that we have a governor who is clear-eyed and who is courageous enough to take on the opponents of this type of legislation. And fortunately, he doesn't have to do it alone. I see the red t-shirts here today, the moms demanding action. I want to thank you for your work. Um, you have been critical in this. I want to thank the students throughout the state. I want to thank WAVE. I want to thank everyone who's been involved in this. And there's one person that I want to introduce now, Deborah Gillespie, who has been involved in this for many, many years. 
And again, it's not because of an academic concern or a theoretical concern. It's because it's part of her life and who she is to try to achieve the reforms that we are seeking today. So it is with a great honor that I introduce to you Deborah Gillespie. Deborah. Good morning. This day has been a long day coming. Um, I just want to thank the governor. Thank you so much for this day. In 2003, September the 25th, I woke up and went and grabbed a cup of coffee. And my husband ran to me in the kitchen. And I buried my head in his chest because he said, everything is going to be okay. And that's when I realized that it was not a bad dream I had, that I truly, my son was just murdered the wee hours of that morning. I want you to know that what I went through, there's moms waking up all over Wisconsin who thought that they had a nightmare, but when they wake up, they realize that it wasn't a nightmare, that they lost a child to gun violence. I did obtain a copy of the ATF report on the gun used to murder my son. His name is Charles Admire. I tried to prosecute him, but I was unable to because there is no law saying that we can prosecute uh, private citizens for the transfer of their guns. And he admitted in the article that he may have sold it in a gun at a gun show. That shouldn't be. We should have responsible gun owners. And I'm asking all of Wisconsin to join Governor Evers in asking our legislators to push for responsible gun legislation. This is a life-saving bill, and what the governor is doing will help save lives and reduce gun violence in the city of Milwaukee and within Wisconsin. Thank you. Oh, and I want to introduce the lieutenant governor. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, uh, Deborah, for sharing your story, uh, which is unfortunately a story for far too many mothers in our society. I want to thank you all for joining us this morning. Again, I want to echo the thank you for all the organizations who stood strong, uh, WAVE, Moms Demand Action, uh, March for Our Lives, everybody who's been at this uh, for quite some time now, demanding change from our leaders. And I also want to thank the legislator legislators who are in attendance, because people should know uh, who's on their side. And that's uh, see Senator Chris Larson, Representative Jonathan Brostoff, Representative Greta Neubauer, Representative Robin Vining, Representative Evan Goyke, Representative David Bowen, Representative David Crowley. And we should, oh, and State Senator, oh, Latanya Johnson, Representative Chris and Nikki. And that's a good problem to have that we have so many who are with us uh, this morning. So <laughs> thank you all again for being here and thank you for being on the, on the side of the people, on the side of the overwhelming majority of people in our state who are demanding change. Uh, so again, I'm Mandela Barnes, Lieutenant Governor, uh, and it's time for us to make sure that we recognize the pain that so many victims and the pain of so many victims' family uh, that is felt all across our state. And it's time for us to realize the devastation of what firearms in the wrong hands are doing to our communities. But more than that, it's time for us all to act. And that's why we're here today in support of Governor Evers taking this monumental step and calling for a special session. Now, I've unfortunately lost friends myself, uh, lost classmates, and I do know firsthand the pain and grief that it brings to individuals, the pain that it brings to communities, families, and entire neighborhoods. And 
I know that's felt throughout far too many communities among us. Again, unfortunately, I'm not alone. And the last time that we called for red flag legislation, State Senator Latanya Johnson gave a very powerful testimony, recalling how just a few years ago, her daughter lost two friends in Milwaukee to gun violence within just a short few months. Again, that is not an isolated occurrence. This is, her experience is not isolated in any way. And if you think it's just Milwaukee or an urban issue, it was just a year ago in Appleton when a man who was out on bond for a domestic violence-related incident was able to buy a gun from an unlicensed seller. That man went on to kill his wife. And from our previous administration to our current legislature, we have leaders who we see hear and read these stories in the news cycle, but they continue again and again to not act. They continue to not do anything about the violence that continues to plague our communities. In fact, they continue to ignore the fact that black children in Wisconsin are more likely to die from guns than their white peers, and they're more likely to also be killed with guns than African-American children in any other state. That ignorance continues, even with 81% of Wisconsinites, including 78% of gun owners in this state who want to see their leaders act by implementing universal background checks. No one deserves to die from a bullet because of the ignorance of certain politicians. So once again, we are calling on and calling out Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald, and all Republicans in the legislature who continue to ignore the cries and the will of the people. We call on them to do what is right, and we call on them to do it now. It's our responsibility as elected officials to protect everyone in our state from the things that will harm them or cut their lives short. I stand on my record as a state legislator on gun reform, and I continue to stand as lieutenant governor to fight for common sense gun laws that keep guns out of the wrong hands. I'm also committed, along with our governor, to creating an environment where violence is not the answer, where everyone, regardless of your zip code, can get a family-sustaining job, go to a quality school, and have access to quality and affordable health care. And it's past time that we come together as one on a unified front to end senseless gun violence in this state. Only then well, we have communities where every woman, man, child will have an opportunity to thrive. And with that being said, I'd like to bring back Governor Evers to sign the executive order. Thank you so much, Governor Evers.
with that, uh, I'll be glad to answer any questions or the folks that uh, spoke previously. Yes. Well, first of all, I believe they will do something. I think 80% of the people are going to be speaking to them, and uh, they know that even if they don't agree with the policy, the politics are this. They'll start, they'll start losing positions in the legislature. This is an important issue of the state of Wisconsin. So I, this is the right thing to do, and we're planning on winning this battle. Well, certainly if the universal background check's in place, uh, people that shouldn't be able to purchase guns, uh, they, won't, they won't get them. I mean, they'll go through licensed uh, uh, and regulated uh, dealers, and if they can't pass the background check, they're not going to get guns. So it's pretty straightforward. If you, if you are unable to get guns because of your background, uh, you won't be able to use those guns. Now, will this be the answer, be all to end all? Absolutely not, but it is a great first step. They seem to be uh, reluctant at best around this issue, but at the end of the day, they, they you know, how many times can you go against 80% of the uh, people of the state of Wisconsin in, 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 in developing policy and essentially tell them to go to hell and then at the same time expect to be reelected. It doesn't make sense to me. If they just blow it off, well, we can have another special session. We can have it, we can have, we can have serial special, special sessions if we need to. But at, at, the, at the end of the day, we, I believe that uh, the Republican, especially the leadership, will understand how important this issue is to the people of Wisconsin. We need an up or down vote. We need to have these legislators behind me have the opportunity to vote, yes, we do need this, and we need to have the opportunity for those Republicans that don't want this to vote no and then go back to, them, to their constituents locally and say, yeah, I voted no, even though 80% of you want me to do yes. It seems, it seems inconsistent with political now, uh, political intuitive, intuitive knowledge, but it also seems bad for the people of Wisconsin. It's, a, it's, it's the wrong thing to do to vote against this. All right, we have a G7 question. <laughs> well, let me just say that I think that this is an opportunity. It was clear from the outset that President Trump's announcement that he was going to hold the G7 summit on property that he owned was going to result in a huge bipartisan backlash, and that's exactly what happened. But that now leaves him with the need to find a new location. And given Wisconsin and Milwaukee's critical standing in the nation uh, in terms of issues like dairy farms, Harley-Davidson, uh, those trade issues, environmental issues, um, if he wants to take this conference outside of the Washington, D.C. area, we'd be more than happy to host it right here in Milwaukee. Uh, and we think it would be a great, great location. So yesterday I sent the letter to the White House. We got an acknowledgement late last night. We don't know what's going to come of this, but we thought next year there's going to be a lot of activity here with the Democratic National Convention, with the Ryder Cup. There'll be a lot of activity. There'll be a lot of additional security here to begin with. Um, so it would make sense for, for them to do that, and we'd be eager to host them here as well. Yeah, and I, I applaud the governor or the mayor for, for doing this and uh, giving us the opportunity as the state of Wisconsin once again to, to showcase uh, uh, how what a great state we are, how we 
we, we embrace diversity and inclusiveness, and I look forward to the G7 being here. Well, I, I, I think the same question was asked in terms of the DNC. Uh, how likely is it that Milwaukee is going to get the DNC? We're getting the DNC. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh,